All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I truly believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation. It could be business, it could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood, but the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence us are not just salespeople. I think they're great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately, we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right, gang. I have a a really exciting guest this morning. This woman has spent the last 12 years helping single people find love again as a dating coach and matchmaker, our first dating coach and matchmaker. I'm I'm so excited to talk through how relationships are a selling proposition. Uh, Single people come to her when they're not meeting the right people. They're tired of inauthenticity of dating apps or like dating feels like work. What they really want is real connection with a quality person. I love that. I think we all want and need that. She's been featured in some awesome places, ABC, NBC, Fox, TEDx. Her message has been heard by millions of people. And, you know, really she believes that the power of real love and its ability to change the world. She's a podcast host and also founder of the Amazon bestselling book, Break the Glass Slipper, Free Yourself of Fairy Tale Fantasies and Find True Love in Real Life. Please welcome none other than Krista back to the podcast. Welcome, Krista. Thanks for having me, Alex. I'm excited to be here with you. So we were talking kind of beforehand, you know, some of the, you know, just stories in our lives. And like, I even told you, like, you know, I'm in sales, but I always joke around like, you know, the, the proudest sale I've ever made wasn't in business. It was meeting my wife right out of college, 18 years old like really at a bar in the beach and somehow convinced her that, you know, a guy with like one outfit, I was driving a beat up geo Metro at the time. I had little to no money. Maybe she saw, I don't know if like she saw like a a nice polo and she thought I had money, but I had no money. And I was able to, through the power of dancing and I guess my smile. And I did sing to her a wedding, like wedding singer was big at the time. So on the, the bus, my line Krista to her, to my wife was just, Hey, I just need a place to stay tonight. I don't have a place. I just want to sleep next to you. I'm not going to be one of those creepy guys that like, you know, one and done. I just need a place to sleep. And this was after like dancing with her and stuff like that. Um, And then that was my line. And then, you know, like, she's like, okay, I guess, I don't know why I could have been a (laughs) murderer, but then on the, on the bus uh, going back to her place, there's a drunk bus in, in ocean city, Maryland, where everybody takes it. I sung to her two songs that I think just, you know, kind of closed the deal. And that were those, the wedding singer at the end of the wedding singer, if you've seen it, you know, Adam Sandler stays, you know, standing next to Billy Idol and Billy Idol's like from our first class passengers to one of our coach passengers. And he sings, you know, I want to grow old with you, that Aww. song. And I, I, I sung that to her. And like, I remember an old lady goes, he's, he's a keeper. And, you know, something like uh, 18 years later, I, you know, it's the, uh, the one night stand that was 7,000 nights later, but, but who's counting. <laughs> so Krista, my question for you, where. You know, but wait, dating... before you ask, okay, before you ask me a question, I want to say yeah. something because 
I know you, yes, you did all those outer things, right. That really yeah. crushed it. But like what, just being with you for the last few minutes, I mean, we just met, you have just a really nice presence. It's really easy to be with you. You just have a really calm, like kind of warm energy to you. It's just like really nice to be in your presence. And I think that's what makes out of all those things you said, I would say that she was probably just really smitten by your vibe and felt really safe with you and nice with you. Thank you for saying that. Uh, and yeah, we just met. And I think that's a huge thing, feeling safe and like liking someone's vibe and just, you know, I, I feel comfortable opening up and I, I try to to put that out into the world. So yeah, you know, tell me a little bit about like where you first kind of like noticed the power of relationships maybe growing up and like what even led you to want to get into something like date coaching? I mean, um, <laughs> did you have people coming to you growing up for advice or even before you had friends maybe to, you were giving advice to where do you think you first saw the power of, you know, just like relationships and like you say, kind of like the power of uh, love and connection through relationships? Well, I think I've always been really passionate about relationships. I remember the first relationship book I read was Gary Zukov's book, which was a hit years ago, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And that was like my first foray into, oh, people even talk about this. This is even a thing. And I was just so interested by it. And then it just really continued my passion. And to be honest, I really just kind of evolved into being a dating coach. You know, it really started off, I built this website back in 2009, giving dating advice and love advice. And then it, over a couple of years, it grew to like a hundred thousand people a month were, you know, coming to my site and reading my articles and things like that. And, and then from there, it just really evolved to, I got really passionate about helping people heal from past relationship pain. I had personally been through some rough breakups. And I collected a lot of tools over the years. And so I put that together with a friend of mine, who's also, she's also in the um, personal development industry. And together we partnered up to create a certain process, which we call jumpstart your heart process. And so it really, the dating coaching really started in there. It was really helping people's hearts to really stay open to love again, really be able to like lick their wounds and powerfully let go and really renew and like almost like reinvent themselves from the heartache from that past relationship. And then from there, all the clients were like, well, what's next? Well, what do I do next? And I was like, okay, well, let's figure it out. And then I created another program called the dating compass that helps people to really know which direction to go, what's in their highest interest and in their highest good. And then it's just evolved from there, like where, you know, now I have full spectrum programs where I'm holding people's hand through being single all the way to like how to navigate all the dating stages to exclusivity. And then I do matchmaking for my more high-end exclusive clients. And so it's really been an evolution. I didn't, wasn't born like, oh my gosh, I really want to be a dating coach. I mean, I, back then there wasn't really many dating coaches. I really invented it myself. And I've now these days, people, you know, say they're dating coaches and they just get some certification at some, you know, college or whatever. But I was one of like, I created it all myself. There was no guide really yeah. or school necessarily for it. Yeah. So I gave you my story of like one of my greatest sales. Can you think of like one of your earliest relationships or like one of your best stories of maybe where you uh, were able to get someone, you know, kind of like get a date, get someone attracted to you. Cause like we, we talk about, we'll talk about why we think that that's like a, 
a sale, you know, because any relationship where someone is wanting to give you time, you know, like that's really like dating and relationships can't really begin unless someone's willing to give you more of their time willingly. And so, yeah, yeah how, it's really how, like about inspiring people to want to connect with you. And, and right. that's the rub for a lot of single people. You know, even for me and my business, I do all the sales for my business, but I don't really call it sales. It is officially sales, but it's really, I have a certain process where I slowly cultivate connections with people. And then I decide it's like, I'm dating potential clients and they're dating me. We're like slowly getting to know each other, seeing if we're vibing, seeing if I can really be of service to them and seeing if there's someone that I would really want to invest my heart and time into, because that's what I'm doing. I mean, I'm responsible for, you know, them producing a certain result in their love lives. And so I'm very careful about who I take on as clients and who interest me and delight me. And they show up very respectful and professional and loving. And so it is like, I don't just like try really hard to like, okay, you need to work with me and close the deal really fast. I've, they can dabble with me online. They can listen to my podcast. And then if you want to get on 20 minute call, it's free and we can talk. And then I invite them to a paid session. And then maybe on that paid session, we'll talk about further. So it's a slow burn. And I think this day and age with dating, sometimes people, well, not sometimes people have this expectation. It's supposed to be like, boom, fast. And you're supposed to meet someone fast. and You are fall in love fast. Part of my job is to help people see that you can actually do dating in a more slow burn way. And it actually can produce more higher level quality partners that you can potentially date, but also a higher likelihood of meeting someone and having someone in your life the long term. But people do approach it more in this like, oh, in and out, in and out. And I think that's the same way where people bump into things with sales. They just think it should be, you should be able to close something really fast and you should do it really fast. And if it's not fast, it's not meant to be. I'm definitely an advocate for slowing everything down and really connecting with people and, and knowing what you're wanting to know what you want, know what your intention is and bring that to the table. But really just slowing down and really seeing that this is a human being. And this is about connecting with someone, not about taking and getting something from someone. It's really about seeing where you both overlap and allowing it some time to bloom. Yeah. Well, I like that, you know, like just that framework of what you just said, you know, kind of like, like realizing this is another person on the other end, let like things bloom. Like they, they don't just flowers and things like that. They don't just, you know, bloom over overnight, you know, they don't, get to that state and like how you're doing it, 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 you know, you say it's like a, you know, it's a slow burn. It's a process. It's kind of like, you, you could probably, we can all think of like those when someone maybe just at a bar or something like that, like came up to us like strong and, you know, like, I don't even want to get to know you. They take knowing you out of the equation. It's just maybe yeah. sex or going home or something like that. And then it's like, that's all I'm good for or something like that. So I like that kind of analogy you just, you you just went through, you know, can you talk through like, because like full disclosure gang, like I normally have like a process I go through with people and, you know, I, I want to feel comfortable, like prepared and all that. And, you know, Krista before this, like made me feel comfortable <laughs> without, oh. uh, you know, in my day with all this going on in my, like the, a lot of things happened in my day where I couldn't do my normal process. But she just kind of asked me like, hey, like, what do you normally do? And 
you know, how can I help you? And let's do this together. Like I can, I can be there for you. Is that kind of how you coach your clients? How do you, uh, I guess the question is, how do you coach clients to kind of open up a relationship with like just someone new, you know, on the dating end? And, and maybe, maybe we can make some correlations of how you open up a new relationship, how that maybe correlates to like how you open up things in your business, like what things you're doing. Okay. So are you asking like, how do I develop relationships with potential clients? Are you asking me, how do I coach people to open up relationships with potential dating partners? Let's do the first one. I'm I'm curious, like, because there's so many things like people, like, is it lines? Is it, is it, you know, just, I'm going to buy, you know, take you out. Is it, it, you know, is what's the best way, you know, like that you coach people. And I'm actually, this is different for every client, right? Like your approach and there's different, you know, is it a dating app? Is it just going out, meeting people, joining a club, but like, what's a theme generally when it's like meeting a new person, how do you kind of open it up to see if it could progress to, you know, like a further state, like a, you know, a, a relationship or like a first date? Okay. So like in terms of like communication, cause that's my background. Like I got, yeah, yeah. I got my uh, bachelor's in science and communication. And so it's all about creating that connection and how do we do that? A lot of the coaching that I start off with is just think of it as wanting to make someone smile. Like don't worry so much about needing to get to a date or needing to close the deal or anything like that. Like, what can you do to have them smile? Is there, especially, you know, I do work with some people who do use dating apps, you know, dating apps are a great place to meet new people, but there's so many other ways to meet new quality partners as well. But a lot of people are on the apps. So on the app, it's so disconnected. It's so like you're on an app texting someone. So It's like how really I ask my clients, like, so what can you say or do on the app to like, just have someone smile? You know, you definitely want to write a bio that makes someone smile and feel safe with you. You know, you don't want to have a bio full of like, don't contact me if you're this, don't contact me if you're that, (laughs) you know, if you support this person, don't even talk to me, you know, like having all the boundaries up. People do that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. People focus. This is prime real estate. You have like sometimes 250 characters to inspire someone to want to even text you or like you or something like that. So why not use that prime real estate to make them smile, make them feel connected with you instead of putting all your boundaries up and what you don't want. It it just makes it more difficult. So if you can write your bio to make people smile, have photos that make people smile. And then when you're texting someone, keep it light and make them smile. I mean, that's kind of an initial, like where I can even start with you of like how you even develop a relationship with someone. But if you can think of it that way, instead of like, what can I get and what do I need to be? What, what can I take from the situation? It's like, how do I, how can I just really be connected and make someone smile and not put a lot of pressure on it? Because we can feel vibes. If someone has like really intense vibes that they feel like this pressure that they need to like close the deal, like you've been around salespeople, they're like, they just, they're not even connecting with you anymore. They just want to close the deal. And it's an intense vibe. People can feel that. And so it's the same way with dating. If you're approaching it, like, oh my God, I got to ask her out or, oh my God, he better ask me out. And people are going to even feel that through the text. It's weird how vibes are. You can feel, we can feel things. I mean, I'm more sensitive than the normal human being, but we pick up on vibes, whether we know it or not. 
Yeah. And this is true for women and men. You find that true? It's not like some people think, oh, it's, you know, women are so emotional. They're, they're picking up on all this stuff. Men, they can't pick up on. Oh, men pick up on everything. (laughs) Men pick up on things, don't you? Yes. Yeah. I know. I, I, I agree. I don't think it's like gender specific. I think it's, uh, we all, you know, human beings, we, we can read between the lines of mm-hmm. like where our minds make up things too, with like texts or like when you're putting out that, you know, yeah, it's all about communicating, like what you put out yeah. there. It's, it's kind of what you get back yeah. uh, in the world. So I like that where, you know, starting small, that could like, that's not even talking about creating change, the outcome, you know, selling necessarily. It's just like this little thing, like, how can I make someone smile? when we're happy, we tend to want to be around people that make us smile and be happy. So let's just focus on that first and then then kind of slowly work our way to getting to know each other. That's a nice opening. I love um, what you said about like being happy because as a man, like you can see which women are happy and which women aren't, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so totally. you t- like when her- a woman walks in a room, you can, you can be like, oh, wow, she's happy. She's not happy. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's sure. really powerful, like what we can pick up on. And so I would say at the core of it is if we want to be successful in relationships and really successful in life to really develop our own inner happiness. And people are going to pick up on that. People are going to want to be around that. And I feel like that's the foundation of really wanting to connect with people, but also adding something to the world, adding something to someone. Yeah. Moving to like your business, how do you like people might not think like I'm a dating coach, matchmaker that you said you do all the sales. Like, how do you kind of like transfer that same thing, making people smile, kind of like opening up like kind of to like a new client and in, in, in that process? What things are you doing there in your business that people might not consider? Oh, someone that's a dating coach is actually doing a lot of selling. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing all the selling for my business all these years, but it's really just about deepening the relationship, me getting really in tune with what their situation really is. And then honestly reflecting back to them, how I'm seeing that the pathway I can take them on. But I I think for me with my business, I, I put a lot of energy into, I know for me, I like doing business with people that I can trust and feel safe with. If I don't, if I just get to know you like for one second, I probably am not going to do business with you. But if we develop a connection over time and I feel like you're a pretty solid person, I trust you, then it, there may be a higher likelihood of me doing business with you. So in the same way I do, like even me doing the podcast, I wanted to create something that can be free so I can be of service to people, even if they can't afford working with me. So I'm giving them pretty much free dating advice on my podcast, but then also potential clients are getting a sense of how I work, who I am as a person, how I coach my clients. So they, they can see if like, I think I resonate with what she's doing. I, I, I trust her. I like, so I, I put a lot of energy into building that trust and building that safety. And that's why I do more longer paced process of connecting with potential clients, because I want them to feel safe with me. And also I want to, feel like I can really deliver with what they're needing and wanting. You know, I'm not the best fit for everyone. So I'm very diligent about that. I want them to feel safe with me, but I want to also feel safe and confident in how I can really coach them and take their love lives to the next level. So does that answer your question? Yeah, no, it definitely does. Like, I just liked, you know, earlier when you were talking about like, kind of like you kind of like just you try to see if there's like a mutual benefit. Like, is this person kind of, you know, someone that 
like I work well with and that, you know, that I think that I could help, you know? And, and so it's not like just assuming if someone is single that I can ultimately fix all the world's problems or all their problems is no, you're very curious. You're very, you're trying to set up that, like that expectation that like, we're just in a conversation. I'm just, I want to learn more about you and, you know, see kind of like what you were thinking about. And then, and also maybe I can, I offer like some perspective with my story and other people that I've helped. And maybe that helps you kind of think through how they would work with you. Or even if they, you're a fit or not, maybe some people came to you thinking that they would be a fit and you were like, yeah, actually maybe it's not because of these things, you know? Yeah. And I think that's also the same thing with my business and the same thing with dating is I know who my ideal client is. I know who I can deliver results for, and I know who I get the most joy in working with. And so in the same way, like I coach my clients to get really crystal clear on who it is they're really looking for outside of the whole fantasy of all the dating things, and then be able to sort people that way. And so in the same way, like with business, like we're, we're sorting through people, we're wanting to make a difference, but also we're wanting to have a happy experience of running our business or getting, you know, the kind of clients we want to get. And so I think there is this, there is an importance in getting really grounded in who you can best serve, who delights you. I call them my soulmate clients, you know, they where I just love working with this kind of client. You know, if they've done personal development before, they ha- they're rocking in their lives. They're just fun, you know, people, you know, they're respectful, they're professional, like that's fun for me, you know? But if someone's showing up and they're really late to the, the, the call and they're, they're not really coachable or they're just kind of disrespectful, like I, I don't have, I don't have time for that. <laughs> and in the same way with dating, you have to be grounded in the kind of person that you ultimately want. And that's what my dating compass process is about, like really helping people to get really honed in on what are the core things that you absolutely need. People don't spend time thinking about that. Then once they know that, then we can strategically figure out like, well, how do you meet someone like that? And then when they're dating, let that be the sorting mechanism instead of the sexual chemistry or the fantasy of someone, like actually know what you're vetting someone for and what you're not. And what the dating compass does too, it really helps people to get, um, feel more relaxed in the sorting process instead of putting so much pressure on themselves initially. And that helps people to show up more relaxed and able to connect because dating can be a very high pressure situation if you let it be, but if you feel empowered and you're able to connect in that moment then you have a more high likelihood of actually establishing a connection so it can move to the next level. But people show up like wanting to know if they're going to marry this person on the first date, just like a salesperson. I need to close this deal on this one call. Like it's that same kind of pressure. (laughs) Yeah. And then, yeah, it's, you, you need to, yeah. If you have more clarity, like, yeah, that all comes through all that pressure is such a huge thing that we put on ourselves, I don't care, like the most experienced seller, we put so much undue pressure on ourselves that like, we think our managers or someone else or companies or, or wives or kids, like someone else is putting on us, but actually it's just us putting it on ourselves, Mm -hmm. creating it, kind of limiting ourselves where it doesn't have to be. I find that sometimes like whenever I've, I put on a lot of pressure on myself to, to do certain things, like my best work usually doesn't show up or where then I look back and go, oh, nobody else was really 
pressuring me to do that. It was really me thinking that they were, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you're nodding your head if you're she's uh, if you're not if you're listening to this. What advice? I always ask this people like people that are can maybe even translate this into dating. I always say like, just like things to think about. Like I've never like a non-salesperson, meaning like they've never been formally trained in sales. Maybe that's not their job title. Like things that you would advise them on. This could be similar to like, I've never dated before. I was married, like, let's say married for 18 years. I never had to date like someone new to it. What would, you know, some themes advice be for that person? you know, that's like just kind of new to selling, connecting, building relationships. So new to selling and new to building relationships, really get off the couch. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Put yourself out there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's all about building a connection, did you know that 90% of communication, if not more is all nonverbal, it's not even Mm -hmm. with your words. So nonverbal communication can be with your eyes, with your mouth, with your face. It can be how you dress that communicates. It can be even your height communicates. It can be, there's all your tone. And so one of the things that I teach my new clients to practice is to practice nonverbally connecting with people, like smiling and making eye contact and smiling getting off of their phones when they're standing in line at the grocery store and actually looking around and really just connecting with their eyes. And that was a big thing that I even had people do during the pandemic because our, you know, you know, a lot of people still wear masks now, you know, how do you connect? Our eyes are such a beautiful way to connect. I mean, that's foundational, like really being like, I even coach my clients sometimes to uh, make eye contact and smile with at least three people a day. I love that. Tell me a little bit more about that. Like what types of nonverbal cues, like you mentioned a couple, like I think you <laughs> said, like when we look at people like the, you know, our height, like sometimes we don't realize we're standing <laughs> over people and like minimizing them. Like, can you talk a little bit more about types of nonverbal communication? More importantly, people don't think about like the effect that some of these have and like what they communicate, like talk a little bit more about that. Well, what, what, what I was saying was like, you know, I was just talking about how people are so surprised that I coach them to make eye contact and smile and that they never do that. So that that's one of the main things that I tell people just to start, to start just doing that, that that's a great way to build connection. But to answer your question about like different types of nonverbals and the impact that has, I mean, that's a whole podcast episode in itself, but if you even just look at how you dress that has an impact. People make interpretations about you, about how you dress, your hair, your look and everything. So if there is a certain way that you want to be perceived, you definitely want to look at like how you're, you're looking like one of the studies that we did at school is we had to actually find somebody else that had a completely different look than us and trade clothes with them for the day. So I found this like skater girl (laughs) and she had these huge wide pants and she had all these different kinds of jewelry and she had this cool t-shirt and stuff and really edgy and cool. And at that time I was like out of my punk phase and I was more into like (laughs) prim and proper phase, but we switched and it was so amazing to see how I was not received the way I usually wow. was, how people treated wow. me poorly and differently. 
So it was really interesting. And so it was part of our study to see how much clothing affects us. And so if we want to be seen as like put together or someone that can be depended upon, or even if we want to come across as like, hey, we're successful or wealthy or whatever, there's even just adornments like, look, see, I wear this watch on some level, this communicates something like I'm put together, even if I wear jewelry, that it communicates something. If your clothes are ironed and or as opposed to not ironed, it communicates something. So it really does. People make these quick decisions about you just based on what you look like, how you're, but you know what the, but the main thing is, it's like that superficial stuff. It does play something in terms of dating or sales. But I would say the main thing is just being grounded in yourself and authentically connecting with people. And I feel like it really does start with being willing to connect in the most basic way of eye contact and smiling and being comfortable with that. Yeah. Such a great point. You know, I think like, you know, we always have to think about like, how do we want to be perceived? Like maybe we do want to be perceived like by the other person as edgy or funky or like, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever that is, it's like, like we have to take that into account. It can't just be like, well, people just have to deal with me. Like that's like, I'm me. They just have to, you know, like it or not, or take it or leave it. It's not like two things. You can still have that confidence and be you, but know who you're talking to know what, like you just said, you're trying to communicate through your look. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for like expressing yourself. I feel like clothes are art and, you know, we have our personalities and we want our personalities to shine through for sure. But sometimes in the professional environment, we are going to create the most impact by almost looking as typical and boring as possible because we're going, there's a safety sometimes that gets created. Like people don't have questions about that. But also then if someone's more edgy and then they see you looking more regular, they'll be like, well, I don't know if I trust this person. So it is, it does really boil down to like, who are you really wanting to connect with? But I do think that when we connect heart to heart, it doesn't matter you know, what we look like. It's that like heart to heart connection. That is the, you can't put a price tag on that. That is like the most valuable thing that you can ever, like, I feel like achieve in life, like to have those heart to heart connections with people that you care about, but also people that maybe you're selling to. I think that's really important. That's good. I know where it winded. I could uh, often, I'm gonna, I could talk to you for a while. And this is maybe a deep question, Chris. Okay. I love deep uh, questions. Deep question. Could I come put, coming off your connection question? Like if you can look back, you said you had in, you know, er, earlier in our conversation, you said you kind of learned a lot, you know, through dating and matchmaking through your own relationships, ones that like may have, you know, maybe failed or maybe, you know, ones that went really well. And so like, you know, you, you talked about that heart connection, like, you know, in previous relationships, like how have you found or, or what things, maybe it was a combination of things, but I guess the question is like, and this is maybe one way too big for this podcast, but like, what do you think causes people to like, think I love this person, you know, maybe even in a, you know, a romantical way, but it could just be like, feel that feeling like what, what, what's happening in our minds, like what mm. to, to cause some of that. And maybe you can think of like different things in your own relationships. So that's what I'm trying to get at. Like maybe some people say, oh, it's like love at first sight, or you know, he did something, he or she did something like so, like them. 
And I just got felt connected to them because I, I just love that way she smiles or love this like little thing she does that no one else does. Like, what do you think? What's your uh, opinion on that? What are we? Uh, well, this about? is this is a very deep question because there's lots of aspects of this. Like what causes people to think yes. that they love someone? Yes. Yeah. So, and then you're also asking for like a, maybe a personal experience for me. So I, you know, I, I wrote a book called break the glass slipper and in it, I do share a personal story about a man that I dated years ago and, oh my gosh, he whisked me off my feet. He took me on <laughs> trips. He bought me gifts and sweet wow. cards. He put on my favorite songs and twirl me around. And even when he showed up to meet my parents, he brought them a basket of gifts. I mean, he was just like on point. And I was like, Oh my God, this is like a dream come true. This Hallmark is like a movie. fairy tale. Oh totally. But, <laughs> but what happened is he was an expert at deception and lived a double life. And so that experience for me really was crushing for me because I was completely bamboozled. And that took a while for me to really process and navigate that. It was very devastating for me. The thing that I really got from that experience is how invested I was at that time in the fairy tale that I thought mm. that we were meant to be because he whisked me off my feet, because he did all these romantic gestures, because I thought that that's how it was supposed to be. And that's why I wrote the book. And the book is specifically for single women. Uh, I do find that single women tend to fall into this trap. I would say more often into the fairy tale fantasy of dating, the fairy tale fantasy of attracting relationships. And so I wanted to bust those myths. And so I did share my personal experience of really falling for the fairy tale fantasy, but not having those other things that are very important that are in place when you are dating and when you need to choose a partner. Yeah. So, wow. That's, that's powerful. Like, yeah, I, I feel like we create kind of uh, our vision or like you say, fairy tale of like what we want, what would be amazing. And then like, we attach the feelings to that, you know, so much like the emotion that love, like, we're like, oh my gosh, this is like everything I've ever, ever wanted you know, in my life. So <laughs> but you know what I've learned over all these years? Real love is boring. Ooh, wow. Say more. <laughs> I think people, because we watch all these movies and watch Disney and we watch this stuff, we, we have this expectation that the experience of love is supposed to be exciting and knock ourselves off. But we see this over and over again, like people have that exciting phase when they first meet and then it starts to get like regular life and it gets boring. And so people think it's not meant to be until the end of the relationship. So they, they're in this constant state of chasing that exciting love. But I feel like even just not in romantic relationships, just your family, your friends, love is, I would say, not a feeling. It's more of a stand uh, that you, are, you, you stand for loving them. Like you're a, you will just love them. You will be there for them. I think love sometimes is more of an action than an actual like, uh, energetic experience, even though love is like, I, you know, I meditate the a lot. Feeling. So I feel the feelings of love when I meditate, but I don't put that on. Like I have to feel that with somebody else. I feel like when I love my family, I'm 
creating that connection of love with them. And I don't know, I, I'm just kind of speaking on the fly right now about it, just given our conversation. I don't think this is something that I've necessarily thought through and want to do a dissertation on, but what you asked, like, got me thinking, like, is love really just a feeling or is it an action? And, and is real love ultimately just kind of day-to-day boring? And, and if we can make peace with that, like doing those little things, like maybe we'll have higher success of that long-term success of staying with someone and doing the ins and outs and not having that expectation of it having you having to have your socks off, your socks knocked off for the rest of your life. I, I feel like that's unrealistic. Yeah. We're kind of, wow. I mean, you said a lot there. I think you are <laughs> like to the point, like being at peace with something doesn't mean like you have to be like, it's not a negative thing. It's just yeah. being not being dependent on this image of being dependent on like this large, like thing that may be unrealistic to find and that we don't, we really should, because we can find love in just like the littlest of moments when they're, when we're not look like, like the old saying, like you'll find it when you're, where you least expect it or love will come, you know, if you're open to it or you're, 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 it, it is like when you're showing action to someone. And again, this can be in little ways people like little notes, little, like, like a smile, like a look, like just being not dependent upon it, but willing to receive it and hoping to giving it, I think then maybe then, you know, it's easier to find it. Who who knows? I love what you said, being at peace. Is that the way you said it? Being at peace peace, with it? I think that's, I think it's a similar thing. Like what I said, extremely is boring. Like being at peace it's kind of like in the quiet stillness of life. And I think we all had to face that a lot last year being isolated. And a lot of people freaked out having to deal with the solitude of the boringness of life, the peace of life. And that is a moment that we all have to face, whether we're in a relationship or not, just finding that peace and sharing that peaceful present moment with someone can be peaceful or like I said, boring. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 but it's not boring to me, but <laughs> it, it isn't, it shouldn't be boring to anyone, but like, I love how you framed it up that way. Cause you know, it's boring in the sense of it's not, it's not, yeah. It, you know, exciting, <laughs> crazy all the time. You can find a lot of happiness and peace and some of the uh, monotony as well. And you should um, be, be willing to do it. Oh my gosh. I can talk a, a lot to you, Krista, uh, you know, kind of like wrapping up. I always yeah. ask people like around, you know, I just feel like selling, you know, we talked a lot about relationships and, and connecting with people and you're like, just like so unique in how you frame things and how you look at like relationships and love. Like there can be, a, you know, tons of dating coaches and, and people out there, but they're not going to look at it through the lens that you just did and how you thought about it, just in the words you just say. So this is a fun question about you, Krista, that okay. like, isn't going to be like anybody, no one else can really uh, say this, uh, an answer to this question, but you. So the question is this, Krista, to help us understand more about selling, connecting, and being our authentic selves. This is just a story about you. Krista, what is something, if you look back at your life, or if I asked your, like a a past boyfriend or husband, I don't know, like, you know, someone currently close in your life, what is something that could only happen to Krista? Maybe it's an event, something quirky about you. What's something that could only or would only happen to, to Krista Beck? <laughs> oh, something that I do all the time or something unique about me. Gosh, 
Okay. Um, <laughs> probably something that my loved ones are navigating right now. And, and it's been this past year is you just don't, it's like, where's Krista? <laughs> it could be, where's Waldo? <laughs> yeah. Like where's Krista, especially my dad, he's overly obsessed with like where I am because I have decided uh, this past year, like I'm just going to randomly travel and let life see where life leads me, not necessarily have a plan where I'm going, but allow the winds, allow new opportunities, allow things. So if by the end of the week in Florida, I'm like, mm, I think it's time to move on. And then another opportunity opens up. I wait for the opportunities to come. And then I make decisions from there. That's kind of where I'm at right now in this year. I think all being pent up from the pandemic that last year, and I'm such a traveler, I've allowed myself this year. So uh, to be honest, like, I don't even know where I'm going to be Friday, but <laughs> I've designed my business for years, even before the pandemic, that I can be anywhere and powerfully create results for my clients, run my business from anywhere. So there is some structure I do need to create of groundedness for the work week, but I do, I have allowed myself to be like, where am I meant to go now? Where what's calling me next? What do I want to be experiencing next? And I'm creating in the moment where for my more, my loved ones that are more plan oriented, they've had to navigate that. Like I don't have a plan and I've been okay with that. And also not trying to adhere to making them feel safe that I need to have a plan. Like this has been fun for me. I've, I've enjoyed it. And, and it's going to get old at some point and I'm going to not be doing that probably within the next few weeks, <laughs> but for now it's fun. I love that answer. That's so great. That is so you just knowing you without knowing too much about you, that sounds totally you just in the <laughs> short time that we've met. Krista, so much fun uh, with you. How can people just find out more about you, connect with you, you know, kind of authentically, yeah, just show up with you after hearing you? Yeah. I mean, if they want to connect with me, I would say probably just go to my website, which is kristabeck.com, but my name is spelled a little differently. My mom wanted me to be a little different. So it's C-R-I-S-T-A-B-E-C-K.com. And if you want to listen to my podcast or you want to set up a call with me, if you're single and wanting love, or if you're wanting me on your podcast, whatever, but that's always the first start. Go to my website. Awesome. Krista Beck. I'm so glad that a mutual friend connected us and we just had such a great fun. You, you know, I just have to thank you for making this uh kind of a hairy experience. Did it go well? Fun. Did it go it, well compared I, to your I life? think it went well and everyone else it? will, you know, leave a comment and on uh, <laughs> wherever you listen to podcasts uh, on how you think Krista did and, and I did, we would so appreciate it. But Krista, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for making it fun today. You're welcome. All right. Thank you. Bye. Hey gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.